Welcome to the PapaCast. On the gridiron. Now here's your host, Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of the PapaCast, the NFL Draft. We're inside of a week now and getting ready for what's going to happen in the National Football League. There's already been a big trade. The Rams moving up to the number one spot. Talk about Cleveland possibly moving out of number two. Even the San Diego Chargers uh, have been fielding calls about the number three pick. But this edition of the Papa Cast goes right to the center of the matter, and it's the number 10 overall pick held by the New York Football Giants. Who better to talk about it than the intrepid reporter for WFAN in New York, part of the Giants broadcast team, post-game show on TV, Paul Dettino. Paul, welcome to the PapaCast. Oh, Bobby, it is great to be with you. We've been uh, talking football for a lot of years, so I'm sure this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, this is like a Fordham show slash Giant <laughs> show. But uh, all right, so no Fordham guys attend, though. Yeah, Fordham guys uh, you know, <laughs> through and through. All right, so let, let's talk a little bit about here. The Giants have the 10th overall pick. If you subscribe to the theory that uh, the teams grade players and they have a numerical value on the players, um, You'd probably be hard-pressed if you go to most of the 32 teams and find that the two quarterbacks would be one of the top 15 players on a board. Obviously, the Rams believe in the, and they need a quarterback, and, and whoever may move up to number two if anybody does. Yeah. Which means that the Giants' pick at 10 really is eight Yes, when you start looking at it. So they're going to get a really good football player at number 10. What's your gut tell you as far as what you think the Giants are going to do? Well, my gut tells me that this draft fits the Giants' needs very well in terms of the value and positional component because uh, I do think there are uh, pass rush guys in the front seven as well as cover guys in the back four as well as offensive linemen along that offensive front who could all be there at 10, who all have a value grade, at least in my opinion, of being worthy of a top 10 pick. I don't think if the Giants pick a guy at any of those three positions, they're necessarily reaching for him. There's that much value, I think, at those three spots. All right, so let's uh, before I ask you who you think the Giants may or may not pick, and obviously this is contingent on further trades that could happen, but let's start with... Um, Let's start with some defensive players that really have caught your eye. Because although the Giants spent a lot of money on defense in this offseason, there's still areas of need that they have. Okay, uh, we, we still need to see Jason Pierre-Paul play a game with his ability to use his hand. We saw him play last year and be very effective, but we also saw missed tackles and missed opportunities at sacks because he had no use of his right hand. They say he's going to be able to use his hand more this year, but until it actually happens, it's a theater of the unknown. Yeah. Now you got Oa Adigizua, who's going into his second year. Devon Kennard kind of had a lost uh, second year. So these are guys that are in the mix. I think maybe Giants fans have forgotten about. Give me some of the guys that you like on that defensive front seven, potentially that the Giants could draft. Well, you know, if you start with the defensive line, and I'm going to put the tackles aside for just a minute because there are literally a bunch of those guys who could even go into the second round who could help you out. But I'm going to put that aside for a second and just look at the premier position, which is the defensive end spot. You're looking at Shaq Lawson. You're looking at Kevin Dodd. Um, there's some smaller guys who you could maybe push back a little bit. But for me, Lawson and Dodd, would merit consideration as high as 10, probably Lawson a little more than Dodd. 
Dodd's a little older. We know that uh, he's got less experience. Uh, I do believe that a lot of people have said to me they think he might be a better long-term project as an all-around player, but Lawson may be the better dynamic pass rusher, at least at the moment. See, if I'm the Giants, Bob, and, and you may or may not agree, and that's fine, but I think the Giants, even though they're in the middle of a retooling phase, uh, I still believe that with Eli Manning as the franchise quarterback, that window is starting to close a little bit. And I think that they've got to pick as many ready-made rookies to give them as much snaps or as many snaps as possible as quickly as possible. I'm not into developing a guy who in two years is going to give me a bunch of snaps. I need as many players as I can get my hands on now who are going to help this team quickly. Well, that's that's kind of what got them in in some of the trouble that they're in as far as these losing seasons is, uh, you know, there were some guys that were drafted that projected out with upside that it didn't necessarily work out for them. Can't gamble anymore. And in the last two years where they've gone with more of the ready-to-play guys, what we've seen is they've had productive drafts. So, yeah, the defensive tackle spot, really deep in defensive tackle. A ton of them. Second, third round, they could add somebody to supplement that. So I think that's probably an area that you're not going to really venture into. Uh, these edge rushers, um, a guy like Joey Bosa, you expect him to probably be gone. Sure. That would be a good fit. What about a, a name that's been thrown around a little bit, uh, Leonard Floyd out of Georgia? Floyd, to me, I think if he's going to be up front, he's going to be a stand-up edge rusher. I don't think he's going to put his hand down on the ground. And some people think that maybe you'll bulk him up even a little bit more than he already is because now he's in the mid-240s, played it like in the mid-220s. He's already bulked up a bunch. If he's going to play in the Giants system, I was talking to one of our guys here at the Giants just the other day, and I said, if I were to play with him now and I were to take him, I'd probably go to a hybrid system. I'd go 4-3 in my early downs, and then in my sub-package, in my pass rush downs, now I'm going with Floyd as the stand-up defensive end. Um, and, and I'm trying to get him off the edge because he's an incredible athlete. I don't necessarily think I'd be moving him backwards in any kind of coverages. I don't think I, I want him in a 4-3 playing you know, uh, the outside linebacker spot because I'm not convinced that, that that's going to work for him. So... I would say make him a stand-up defensive end in the sub-package because if you use that hybrid 3-4, you could do that. With, would you, do you think that's a, a way that they might go, in your opinion? I think it's possible because the Giants have always favored these great athletes in the past. He is a unique athlete. He's a special athlete. Some people think he's the best athlete in this entire draft. He's got length. There's no question about that. He's a unique guy. Um, I think it's possible. I absolutely think it's possible that they go to him. And with a guy like Spagnolo, who is so creative, so incredibly intelligent, you and I both have great respect for him, I think he would find ways to use Floyd. But I think that's going to be incumbent upon the coordinator then to figure that out. I don't think he's necessarily a plug-and-play guy that you just put in a standard box and say, okay, this is what you're going to play. Spags is going to have to do some things with him if they take him. The Giants obviously have need in secondary, even though they signed Janoris Jenkins. Um, there's still this gap at free safety. Um, as you watch games in the National Football League and you take a look at the way offenses attack defenses, it's mostly in a three-wide formation. And long gone are the days of just two wide receivers, two sure. backs, that whole deal. 
Uh, Jalen Ramsey would be ideal. He's not going to be there Love because he's a guy that could also play safety <laughs> yeah. and can transition and become an outstanding free safety. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, a defensive back is in play, like a, a Hargraves or a Jackson? Eli Apple is uh, a very good corner, but only in a certain scheme. Uh, do you think the Giants could wade into the DB situation at 10 yeah well we talked about it up top I do think that for me the cover corner the guy who can play slot and then play outside in necessary if you need him is a much more important part for me than the free safety spot and I'll tell you why Bob a couple of things come into play here a pass rush forces a quarterback to get rid of the ball quickly more quickly than maybe he wants to that eliminates some of the danger with the guy deep playing that high center field free safety spot. Because you know what? If he doesn't have time to get the ball to that guy downfield, you know, you're relying on your pass rush now, but you can kind of eliminate some of that danger. Well, just look at 07. I mean, can Giants fans sit there with great conviction and run you through the safeties? I mean, I guarantee you, even the biggest Giants fans out there right now, you know the answer to this. Tell me who the safeties were when the Giants won the Super Bowl in 1990. And, and I, I get, I, well, 90? Well, I was going to say, how about 2007? How many people even know that James Butler played the best defensive game of any player on the field? How many people even know that? I mean, you can have a somewhat no-name guy back there. And I'll go Myron Guyton, Greg Jackson for 90, just for the fans. Oh, I'm sorry. Going, just for the fans that are sitting there going, uh, well, okay, what's the answer, Bob? Well, yeah. How about the fact that Sam Garns, who was pretty slow, more of a linebacker in terms of his athletic skills, was on the team that went to the Super Bowl in 2000 season. You know, Sean Williams was, you know, was there too. But anyway, I guess what I want to say to you is this. The slot corner, which right now the Giants don't know who their slot corner is, who their third corner is. The problem there is there are so many passing attacks now that are getting rid of the ball in two seconds. Well, your slot corner is vulnerable because that ball's coming out quick, and that's the guy who's probably going to get it, that slot receiver. So to me, there's a much bigger priority on, on upgrading that spot than it would be the free safety. And then on top of that, the Giants do have a lot of these young redshirt injured guys who they think may be able to step up. So at least they have some numbers to try to choose from. All right, and, and there's some depth in the draft where maybe circling back in the second round, they can revisit that. Let's go to the other side of the ball. You mentioned receivers. You know, you got Odell Beckham Jr. Victor Cruz is a massive unknown. Ruben Randall's not here anymore. Uh, Treadwell was a guy that the, the seemed to be linked to the Giants. Can they go with a wide receiver at 10? Uh, I'm inclined not to do that, uh, Bobby, because I think that the Giants can get a quality receiver who can fit their needs opposite Beckham even in the third round. I'm going to go that low. I think they can get one. I really do. Now, I could be totally wrong here, but but I see guys. I mean, I'll give you a great example. All right, When I was looking through my, my film study, I, I, I went how deep? I went almost 20 deep in, in terms of receivers. Okay, you're looking at a guy like Jordan Payton out of UCLA, Kenny Lawler out of California, Leonte Carew out of Rutgers. I love, I love Carew. Right? He could be third round. He could be. Remember, the Giants are high. They're picking high. They're not low. They're 71. He could be there at 71. I'm fine with that. Carew could play in this league. No question. He brings a lot of, and he's smart. He's a good kid. He had the one off the field issue, which. 
he explained to me, thank God someone had a cell phone and took video. You know, you always hear about cell phone video getting people in trouble. Cell phone video got him out of that trouble. Yeah. That he was in at Rutgers. Good kid, owned up to it, the whole deal. He would be great. Uh, you know, some people are saying, man, the Giants have to take Ezekiel Elliott if he's at number 10. Do you subscribe to that theory at all? I do not, Bob. And one of the main reasons for me is that I believe that— Because he's a three-down back. Oh, he is. I, I I will not argue with anybody who says he's a three-down back and he is by far the best running back in this draft. I absolutely believe that. However, a couple of things come into play here for me. First of all, at number 10, not only do I need an impact guy who's going to do it quickly, but I also want a guy who at 10 has a good chance of lasting through his second contract. I don't know that running backs into today's game I don't know. Uh, They get beat up too much. There's a better chance of an impact linebacker, a cover corner, or a pass-rushing defensive end of being highly productive in year seven than there is a running back. That's first. Okay? Second, Giants have a bunch of running backs who I think can do the job, especially if they can upgrade the offensive line a little bit. And when you consider that Shane Vereen is one of the premier third-down backs in the game, automatically you're telling me if they take Elliott, there's a bunch of snaps he's not getting because Vereen's on the field. Correct. That's exactly. And and Rashad Jennings showed in the second half of the year last year that they could put together a decent running back. He's still a quality player. And when you look at 07 and 11, again, with those teams – you know, they had a collection of guys that all serve roles and were all very good, but they didn't have this first-round draft pick stud guy that, you know, that's the bell cow. And it's a passing league anyway. So for me, I'm with you. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. So now offensive line. I look at the Giants and I say, all right, Eric Flowers, new offensive line coach, different philosophy, year number two, played with a bad ankle down the stretch. There's going to be uh, an appreciable jump you would expect in his game. Happens between rookie. Pugh has lived up to the billing when they drafted him as a guy that's very versatile, right? He's going to play right side, tackle, guard, left side, tackle, guard, move him around, played well. And he and Flowers combined look pretty good, especially when Flowers was healthy. Rich Berg continues to develop as a player. But I look at the right side of the offensive line and I say, Paul Dettino. This needs to be addressed. I agree. So, of the offensive linemen that potentially could be there, uh, do you think Tunsil would be there when the Giants pick? I can't see it happening, Bob. I know in the last week or so, some people are saying that they think that the -the off-the-field stuff is going to move him down to 10. I'd be shocked. I really would. I mean, look at his skill set. He does it all. He is an absolute stud of a left tackle. Don't even talk about him on the right side. He's a stud franchise left tackle guy. I'd be shocked if he's a 10, but if he is, hey, I'm taking him. (laughs) Okay, so let's say he is gone because there are some teams that can use him ahead of the Giants. Um, Let's say he's gone. Right. Uh, Give me one or two guys that you could see garnering that pick for the Giants. The two guys for me who still merit potential top 10 value are Stanley, of course, from Notre Dame, and Conklin from Michigan State. Now, for months going back, I was more in favor of Stanley originally. I have to confess to that because he's consistent, he's athletic, he's got terrific technique, he's smart. He really checks almost all the boxes, and he would be a terrific prototype left tackle. 
I think as I, as I got closer to the draft in the last two weeks, I flopped them now. I'm thinking Conklin, who is probably more of a right tackle, but I think these guys can play either side. Let me make that clear. I think you could flop either one of them, okay? But I think that Conklin, here's what one scout told me last week. Conklin plays angry. And I hadn't really heard a line, a line coach or a scout use that term before, and I should have because when I started thinking about what I wrote down for him when I went through my chart and I did my film study, what did I write down for Conklin? You're going to love this, Bob, because it fits, and I should have thought of playing angry as a better term earlier in my, in my media career. Um, what I wrote down for Conklin was the following. I wrote down Mauler, Anchor, Punch, and, of course, it's 6'6", 310. Those are all good traits to have. I see Conklin as a guy that could step in and give you exactly what Kareem McKenzie gave you. A real good tackle on the right side, could pass protect, set up your run game, and you know, as as soft spoken as Kareem McKenzie was off the field, he was a tough guy on the field. He had some bite in him. And you know, that Conklin could be that next in the in the lineage of that because it's been sort of they've been you know they had deal out there for a year and you know they were you know as he was winding it down and then pew and all that other stuff but this could be uh, you know a recipe for success and suddenly you know you stabilize that right side a little bit bobby if i if i had my druthers all right well i'm here's what we're gonna do here, well, are you ready to make your pick? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'd like. Are you going to tell me Conklin's on my board? Can I take him at ten? Yeah. Or is he going to be gone? No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say the quarterbacks went two. Okay. We won two, and then you get the Miles Jacks of the world and and Tunsil and I think a lot of people. There are teams that need a left tackle, which I think they're going to skew more gonna towards grow. Stanley. I think so too. I think Bruckner uh, Buckner is going to be gone. Hargraves is going to be gone. Uh, Hargraves, I don't know. No? I think I think you're gonna you're sitting there with well a couple different looks here, but um, if you were the Giants, who would you take at number ten based on some of these scenarios that we laid out? Based on the the, the half a dozen or so guys who we strongly believe will be gone, plus the quarterbacks, I'm taking Conklin if he is there. I would also give you one little asterisk next to this though. Yeah, Bob. I want to hear it. If Miles Jack falls to ten because there are enough of people who are concerned about that meniscus. If it happens, and in the last two weeks, there have been a bunch of muck drafts who think he could fall to 10. Yeah, and you know what I think of that? I think that is... I think that is. I think it's smoke. Oh, I, I think there's no question about it. Because <laughs> he's done enough physically that you can see what he can do physically, even though he didn't run the 40 or whatever. But uh, I think this is just now the era... The, dis, the disinformation is starting in full okay. force. But but if, in fact, He's somehow... Gone, somehow Bosch. he drops, I'm taking him. Okay. Otherwise, Conklin's my guy. How do you feel about the, the, the team right now? Um, there's some new blood. We've had a chance to meet some of the new assistant coaches. Um, you know, there's a new energy. There's a new way to go about things. Uh, ben McAdoo had some time under Tom Coughlin to learn from one of the great coaches, um, worked under Mike McCarthy. You, you're energized by what you're seeing so far, even though all the pieces still are not in place? You know what I like about Coach McAdoo that I did not know, Bob? Uh, we, we've had him at the Giants facility now going on his third year. And as an offensive coordinator, um, we didn't get a lot of a chances to know him 
because, as you know, under Tom Coughlin, the assistants are, are rather, rather in the background. They don't get to be so much out in the forefront. What I learned from Coach McAdoo uh, when I had my, my sit-down with him a couple of weeks back is that he really wants to learn a lot more than people think he does. I think there's an impression that when you look at a coordinator and he's sitting there on the sidelines with his chart and he's got all his things going and he's fully in control and he's making those calls, I think there's an impression that he's a smart guy but he's going to be married to his system and he believes what he believes and he's going to be stubborn and he's going to be systematic and he's not going to be so willing to learn or change or be adaptable. I think that's an impression at least that I get from a lot of coordinators because they have to be assertive in their role as coordinators. What I found out in talking to Coach McAdoo when I had my sit down with him is that he asked me more questions than I asked him. He was almost interviewing me. I thought I was going to be the quality control coach by the time I was done. <laughs> Dream come true for Paulie Dots. <laughs> so um, what I found out is he has great respect for the tradition of this franchise. He wants to learn as much as he possibly can to succeed as a head coach, whether it be stuff he learned from the guys he worked with in the past, including Coach Coughlin, or even other coaches who have been retired. I understand he's even talked to some of those guys to find out what does it take to succeed. And that, for me, was a really good sign, is that he's eager, he's he's willing, he wants to learn, and he's trying to scap up as much positive information as he can find. I thought that was cool. Class of 1986, Fordham University, the one, the only, Paul Dettino. Hey, how can fans follow you? Let's just get that out there. At Giants WFAN on the Twitter. At Giants WFAN. Check out Paulie Dot. He'll be all over the draft coverage for the Giants. Anything you need to know about the Big Blue, Paul Dottino will bring it to you. Paul, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you, Bobby. Paul Dottino on this edition, Giants style of the Papa Cast.